This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. So today I'm speaking with Heather Larson, otherwise known as Veganish Mama on her blog and on Instagram. I've been following Heather for a long time now, and while I don't consume much social media content, I do always follow her stories because she is honest about motherhood, she has two young boys, and she inspires me to make meals and try certain products that I otherwise wouldn't. She loves the Spice Girls, and she used to be a cheese taste tester before she transitioned to being veganish, and I feel like that could be the plot of a movie. But so before we get into feeding toddler stuff and some plant-based meal ideas, I thought you could just tell us about yourself and your family and how you went from being a cheese taster to being plant-based. And did that have anything to do with going plant-based? So I'm a mom. I have two little boys, a four-year-old and a now one-year-old. And we went plant-based when my older son was about three and a half months old when I was on mat leave from my job as a cheese tester. So I ran the Canadian test kitchen for like one of the largest dairy companies probably in the world. And I tasted mostly pizza all day long. And I would like test cheese and how it melted on pizza and how it tasted on pizza, like 30 pizzas a day. And that was my job. Yeah. And then I went on mat leave and had to tell HR, like, sorry, I can't come back to work because I've gone vegan. I can't. <laughs> They're like, we've literally never heard that excuse to not come back to work before. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually my husband who started it and everyone kind of blames me. Like, I think that a lot of his family thought it was my fault at first <laughs> that we were now vegan and he's Italian. So like, at first it was kind of a big deal that we weren't eating meat and cheese. And I got the blame for it because I didn't eat red meat at the time. It kind of seemed like it was probably my idea. But he originally went plant-based because he was like kind of cramming for a doctor's appointment where they were checking all of his blood work. And like he looked at his chart and he's like, I see my cholesterol is like slowly increasing and my weight is slowly increasing. He's like, I'm going to cram. I'm going to go vegan for like two or three weeks before my appointment and see if it makes a difference. And his cholesterol lowered and he lost 10 pounds. And we started doing more research about being plant-based. We watched a bunch of documentaries and we kind of just decided like we can't really go back to the way that we were eating when we've kind of seen the physical differences because I joined him when he was doing that. I didn't lose the 10 pounds that he lost. (laughs) Just kind of felt better. And at the time I was also exclusively pumping which I know that you've posted about as well is like, I kind of made the connection between cows being mothers and they only make milk because they're mothers and we make them mothers and we take their kids and we drink their milk. And anyways, so I was hooking myself up to a pump like six times a day. I was like, I can't imagine doing this for not my kid because it's torture and like the mastitis and I had infections and I was like, this is not, I don't wish this on anyone. (laughs) It played a big role in me not going back to eating dairy. 
when I was in grad school, I would watch so many documentaries about food and like just everything. I used to read books on that kind of stuff for fun. Like that was my hobby. And I've gone vegan for months at a time. And it's crazy what it does to my digestive system. Like when I cut out gluten and I cut out dairy and go vegan. And I think what happens too is... Like, I think people assume that when you're eating plant-based or you're eating vegan, you're automatically like so healthy, but that's not really the case. You still have to be choosing like proper things. So yeah, I found when I try and eat more of vegan or plant-based diet, I'm like loading up on vegetables and fruits. And so you just automatically feel better, like for sure. I always say my sister-in-law who lives in Vancouver, she's vegan and she's been vegan for like forever and she is such a good cook and like makes all these vegan things I love her cooking and I always say like if I won the lottery I would just hire a plant-based chef to come live with me and make all the things (laughs) it's so much easier if you like didn't have to figure out what to make for yourself like I feel like that's a big struggle for people is like okay I would love to make these changes or like do a meatless Monday or like you know, eat one plant-based meal a day or something like that. But it almost seems like overwhelming to come up with five plant-based meals when that's not something that you're used to doing all the time. Or something that you grew up eating. So the ideas don't come to you as easily. But I found a huge difference from when we lived in Ottawa, we were right downtown and there were so many options that we could just walk to to get super healthy, like plant-based meals or snacks, whatever it was. And then now that we live kind of in rural GTA, there's nothing out here. I get so frustrated because, well, as everybody knows, I hate cooking. I hate meal planning. I hate all that stuff. And so I find like my diet really suffers not living in like a city center where there's lots of things available to me, like just quick and easy plant-based. Yeah. Not like convenient for sure. We're definitely lucky that way where like on a night where I don't want to cook, we can order in from a lot of, we're not right downtown, but we're close enough that there are options, which is nice. So what was for you specifically the transition like to go vegan? Well, I guess at three and a half months, he was just having milk anyways, but so he's never known anything different. No, I actually bought baby food pouches a couple weeks ago and I didn't realize that I bought one with Greek yogurt in it. I was just like in the cart and he tasted it. And he's like, mommy, this pouch tastes funny. And I was like, oh really? And I'm like smelling it to see if something was off about it. And I realized there was yogurt in it and he's never tasted dairy before so he had no idea like what it tasted like I was like okay well we have a neighbor who is a couple doors down we're like we'll go put the rest of them in their mailbox (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny so what was the transition like for you like what did you find to be the most difficult like because I know it's always awkward when you go to people's houses like when we were allowed to go to people's houses and like go for dinner or you go out for someone's birthday and like the menu is limited like how did you navigate that kind of stuff so I think like as you mentioned going to people's houses and stuff especially like we both have big families and we have a lot of family events and stuff like that so at first explaining to people (laughs) that we weren't going to eat a lot of the food anymore was one I wouldn't call it a struggle but like something that we had to do but something that I did was I would just make 
one of my favorite plant-based dishes and try and bring enough for everyone or for everyone to try it. And so that we would have something to eat. And everyone was like, at first, everyone was kind of like, and just eat the chicken. Like (laughs) just this one time, it's fine. But after a while, even like my husband's Italian grandmother's started making like pizza with no cheese and they would make us vegan pasta with veggies and stuff like that when they knew we were coming over I think a big part of it was that they wanted to cook for their great-grandchild and if they knew he was vegan they would have to make it without the dairy and stuff so they started making things for us I think just because they wanted to cook for him benefited from that for sure it's so much easier when people are supportive like that. I remember a few Christmases ago, we were in Vancouver. That's where my husband's parents live. And my brother and my sister-in-law came over to his parents' place for like Christmas dinner. And absolutely everything was vegan, except for they had a turkey. And so we were like, it's easy to make all the side dishes and like to make them vegan. And so that was really nice that they, you know, took that effort to make her feel comfortable. Yeah. And I found that with my family as well. Now three of my aunts, two on my mom's side and one on my dad's side have now gone plant-based or eat mostly plant-based, which is really nice. So they're all on board for plant-based stuff at family events too, which is really cool. So now everyone kind of, and I found at first, like I would bring food thinking, oh, maybe everyone will just try it. And then when you're bringing something that you really like and everyone else tries it, then it's like gone by the end of the night, kind of, which is cool. It's like nice that everyone is kind of open to trying it anyway. Yeah. You must feel so good when you make something and people are like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I always feel like whenever Caroline, that's my sister-in-law, makes things, or like I'm staying with her for a week, I'm always like, oh, like I get mad at myself for not putting forth the effort to just eat that way and make these things, which is why I find your recipes so helpful because they're easy. And, you know, I know that she makes similar things. And so I'm like, oh, I've tried something like that before. And then I make it and I'm like, but you just have to keep reminding yourself, like, you know, instead of having that, like make the chickpea tuna salad sandwich, you know, like that was so freaking good. Yeah, that one's in the meal plate because it's one of my favorites. And I think that, like, at first it's hard to come up with ideas for sure. And it's hard to know what a good alternative is. If you have a meal that you love, it's hard to know how to recreate that and still have it be something that you love or still have similar flavors or similar texture. And I think it does take time and experimentation a little bit to find things that you really like. Like some people don't like the texture of tempeh or some people don't like the texture of tofu at first. And you kind of have to learn how to prepare it in a way that you like it. Like if you don't like soft tofu, like how do you make crispy tofu cubes? And it took me a while to figure out that you needed to like coat them before you put them in the oven to get them crispy on the outside and not turn into So it's things like that. Like it definitely takes a little bit of trial and error and everyone's tastes are different. I'm hoping that I'm able to kind of help people find easy alternatives or easy meals that work for their family, like especially people who have kids, because that's definitely difficult too when your kids have different tastes or, you know, different preferences. Do you find it difficult to travel? I think it's so much easier now. When we first went vegan, I actually had on, I wrote a blog post on my blog of what our ish was. And one of the, and there's not really like it, like we don't buy anything not vegan. We don't 
like have meat or dairy in the house or anything like that. So like technically we're vegan and not ish, but one of the ish things was that when we travel, we have been to places that were really remote where there really weren't options. And that was kind of when we first went vegan and the option was like, our best option was like a garden salad. And maybe we would ask if there was local seafood that someone had like caught that day. And that's kind of what we did when we were traveling. But now I found it so much better. Like pretty much everywhere you go, especially somewhere like Vancouver, it's like so much easier. But even in Hawaii and places like that, like there's so many plant-based options now. I find a lot of menus have at least one plant-based option or there's a way you kind of learn how to like change things or like order a bunch of sides and make them (laughs) into a meal and kind of figure out how to do it. It's crazy when I think about like how I was saying back in, it would have been like 2008 to like 2012, let's say, when I was watching all these documentaries and learning about food, how much the products in the grocery stores have changed. Like it has been mind-blowing, like all the different plant-based milks, all the different plant-based, and now even regular grocery stores, like you don't have to go to a specialty store, you don't have to go to a health food store. They're in all grocery stores, like huge sections of plant-based cheeses and meats and everything, which is nice. And all the fast food chains now. Like we drove across the country last summer and that was something we were kind of worried about. We had a trailer because we were trying to be like socially distant and COVID friendly anyway. And we camped our way to Whistler and back. And that was something that we were worried about. We're like, you know, when we're in somewhere more rural and we have to stop for groceries or, you know, if we want to grab something on the go, are we going to have options? And there were so many, I mean, like KFC has plant-based sandwiches and plant-based popcorn chicken and A&W has Beyond Burgers, which were everywhere. And one of the grocery stores that we stopped at that was in like a tiny town in rural Alberta had more options than grocery stores in Toronto. Like, (laughs) I stocked up. I came out of the store with like bags on bags on bags. I was like, this stuff is so hard to find at home. I like stocked the trailer with vegan food. My husband's like, you're insane. We have to drive three more days home. But that's so funny. So much more accessible now. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. 
This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right, the quality is unmatched, you are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. So you're in the GTA where are the places that you stock up on things that maybe you won't find, like brands that you won't find in a typical grocery store? So there is a grocery store in Toronto that's called Good Rebel Vegan. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know I shop there all the time. And they do curbside pickup. And they also ship across the country. I think shipping can probably get pricey depending on the size of your order. But they have so many great options. Like I buy soy curls there all the time. Soy curls, they also sell on Amazon, but they're more expensive on Amazon than they are at this little grocery store in Toronto. And soy curls, if you don't know, they're like, uh, the only ingredient is soybeans, organic, non-GMO soybeans. I think they're organic. They may not be. Anyways, and they're dehydrated and you soak them in water and then they're like the texture of chicken and you can use them as like a chicken alternative. So those are a little bit harder to find in a regular grocery store. I anticipate that soon... There'll be more mainstream and we'll be 
find them. I mean, they're on Amazon, so I'm sure they'll be everywhere soon. But things like that. And then there's Vegan Supply, which is in Vancouver. And they have a couple actual store locations, but they ship across the country too. But most things, like you said, you can find in regular grocery stores for sure. I'm always looking for good vegan cheeses. But I know like you must have different preferences depending upon how you're going to use the cheese. So if you're just eating it like cold out of the fridge with crackers or like you're going to melt it on something, like what are your top choices for vegan cheeses? Okay. So I have a list on my blog of like what they are and what I like to use them for. But off the top of my head, my favorite like fine cheeses, like ones I would put on a charcuterie board. I really like cultured and I really like nuts for cheese. Both of those are local businesses and there's also one from Georgian Bay Le Fromagerie I think and good ones and then Fresh Start Fromage is from out east and they make really good like artisanal style cheeses but I've also used them in cooking too and they're really great they have a baked feta that I think would make a really good like TikTok pasta I haven't tried it but um, they make a really good vegan feta and then for slices we usually go with Emborg for sandwiches and stuff. And then field roast chow slices, I really like on sandwiches too. And I find that Emborg shreds melt pretty well. Like we'll use the mozzarella on pizza or use it in quesadillas and stuff like that. I'll post the link to your blog in the episode notes in case people want to go find all those. Fresh mozzarella ones too that are really good stuff that are on there too. Because I notice a huge difference if I get a vegan pizza at a restaurant, let's say. I know there's certain cheeses that I know I don't like, but then there's some that are really good and you wouldn't really, you know, miss a regular cheese. So I think just for people who maybe want to try out different vegan cheeses, like you may have to try a few before you find one that you really like because they're all so different, I find. Yeah. And like some people really like BioLife, which is not my favorite, but some people love it. So I think it just depends on the person. Yeah. So you have a one-year-old and a soon-to-be four-year-old, which is nuts. Milo is just over two and a half years old. He'll be three in September, the beginning of September. So we were going to kind of talk about struggles in feeding our children. For example, something that I learned from following you was about the chickpea pasta. And, you know, like these are things that like unless you're really doing your research and trying to find, you know, good alternatives to feed your children, like I would never have known that. So the chickpea pasta is something that now I buy and I try and get Milo to eat, but he's on this like kick of just not wanting anything, which, you know, like yesterday he ate French fries in the car on the way home. And then he had an applesauce and berries. Like he won't have like an actual dinner. It's so frustrating, but I feel like it's just a phase. Like I'm trying not to stress about it, but the chickpea pasta is an example of something that I got from following you and it's like 20 grams of protein. It's gluten-free, so it's good for me too because I try to avoid gluten. But yeah, you have a four-year-old. So what are some struggles that he has had with eating and how do you handle that? You know, like if you make dinner and he refuses to eat it. Yeah, so around the time that he was Milo's age, like two and a half, three is when our struggles with him sort of started. And it was something I was not prepared for at all because he used to just eat whatever I put in front of him. Same. 
And now he like has all these opinions, like, why is there something green in my pasta? Where like, would never have complained before that I'd added greens to a pasta sauce. And now he's like, I see green in there. I'm not going to eat that. Take it out. (laughs) I try to feed it to him in a way that he'll kind of like eat at least some of it. So like if I'm making curry or like a stew or something, I'll serve his grain like on the side instead of putting everything all in one bowl. I'll kind of serve him like a grain and some of whatever the stew or curry or sauce is on the side with some veggies or whatever else we're having so that he'll at least like give it a try. And if he doesn't like it, he can at least eat the rest of it because he's not, oh, everything's touching. I'm not going to go near it. And I mean, some nights we have the same struggles. I know I watch your stories where it's like, fine, just like eat a pouch and go to bed. Like I just can't. And I mean, I try really hard to be like, there is no other option. This is what your dinner is. If you want to eat it, eat it. If you don't, don't. And then I find myself like giving him a bedtime snack. I know, because I always worry that he's going to wake up hungry. And people, I remember on TikTok or something, people were commenting, oh my God, you're so nice to like give him all these different options and make him other things like when he doesn't want to eat dinner. And I'm like, I'm not nice. I just don't want him waking up hungry. (laughs) This is actually selfish. (laughs) But like, I don't know if Milo's at the age right now where he understands that if he's not eating what we make, that he can't have more. Sometimes I make him a smoothie and I just like I put the baby latte or the kiddo latte powder in it and I give him spinach and I give him hemp hearts. That's something else that I stole from you. And I just try and like get nutrients in him and get something in his belly. If that's a peanut butter sandwich, then fine. It's a peanut butter sandwich. But yeah, I'm hoping that it's a phase because similar to your four-year-old, he used to eat anything. And people were like, you are so lucky. He is such a good eater. And I was like, oh, cool. And now it's like the complete opposite. I had the same thing. I think I even have a blog post that's like, how I got my kid to be a good eater. Like foot in mouth. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like we'll take your good eater and give you a kid who refuses everything he used to love. Yeah. And something I always say is like, I try not to focus on like the one meal or the one day because you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad in quotes because I don't think any meal is really bad, but like you're going to have days that are off. And I think that's fine. Like even me as an adult living on my own, like I had off days and sometimes he's just not hungry And I think that's hard for parents to understand too. Like if they have a big lunch or they're snacking throughout the day, like they're not necessarily going to have a big dinner. And I think we put so much emphasis on dinner for some reason. For sure. I totally feel the same way. So Heather made us this amazing PDF. It's 12 pages. It's so colorful and beautiful. I printed it in color. I was like, I could save the colored ink, but I was like, what am I saving it for? I'm just going <laughs> to print it in color. <laughs> it's so pretty. So it's basically a three-day meal plan. Obviously, you know, it's not like you don't have to follow the three days exactly, but it's really great ideas for plant-based breakfast, snacks, lunch, and dinners. Are you going to put this up on your blog? Yeah, I think maybe I'll put a link to download it in my Instagram bio. Ah, okay. That's perfect. Like I'll do a link tree where you can just click to download it. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. So 
when this episode airs, I'll put the link obviously to your Instagram in the episode notes and then people can find this printout. It is so pretty. But yeah, so, oh, oh, we didn't even talk about your training in nutrition. I always forget that because, well, it's similar to me in my psychology background. People are like, oh, and I'm like, nah, like I don't really, <laughs> I don't. You use it in like a traditional setting. Exactly. So you feel weird, like owning it kind of. Like I don't keep on nutrition clients or anything like that, which is something I thought I might do. And then when I finished it, I was like, I don't like that at all. (laughs) I've always wanted to do like the holistic nutrition program just for my own personal interest, because I'm interested in learning about that. You would think it would be something that would be integrated into the education system, like nutrition and why certain foods are valuable and But anyway, so yeah, when did you do that training? I actually started it when I was still working in dairy. And I started it because I was working on a team. I worked in R&D. So I was working on a team of like brilliant scientists. And I wanted to understand a little bit more of what they were talking about. Because a lot of my job was understanding like how the salt, fat, moisture and pH affected like how a cheese would melt and cook and taste and things like that. So I wanted to do something where I would learn kind of the chemistry behind it. And also just out of my own interest, like how foods are affecting our body and disease and digestion and things like that. So I started it when I was still working and then I didn't finish it. It was kind of like a work at your own pace. You had a couple years to finish it and you could just do the courses at your own pace. So I finished it was when I was on mat leave because like I had time for that, right? Yeah. In the middle of the night, I'm breastfeeding, reading textbooks. Um, But yeah, so I finished it when I was on mat leave. And it had a lot to do with why we went vegan too. Just, you know, learning about dairy and meat and your digestion and its effect on your gut and disease and things like that. And that's not to say like, oh, if you eat dairy or meat, you're going to get diseases. Like, I'm not that person and I'm not ever going to tell someone like, you need to be 100% vegan or you're not perfect. Like I fully believe that if everyone just ate more plants or, you know, switch to plant-based milk or something like that, like it would make such a big difference and the world would be a better place. (laughs) And I mean, who am I to judge anyone? I worked in dairy for years. I can't like look at someone and be like, ew, you eat cheese. Like they paid me to do that. <laughs> like I made money eating cheese. <laughs> I tried to be that person on my Instagram page where no matter where you are on your plant-based journey and whether you're not even trying to go plant-based, you're just looking for new meal ideas or new things to eat. I think that's awesome too. So I try to not be that judgmental about people's choices. Yeah. I think a lot of people would want to eat more plants like obviously who wouldn't but then I think a lot of the times it's like the term vegan it's almost like if you're not 100% in then you're not like helping the cause but that's not the case and I I know some people in like that community it's it's difficult to be like hey I'm just trying to you know eat more plants and make better choices And, you know, sometimes it's like, no, you have to be all in or nothing, but... And I don't feel helpful for anyone. No. And like, and it makes people not want to learn and not want to try. So 
like, that's why I think your page is valuable. Like you can just like take ideas and even if it's not necessarily to be vegan, but like, for example, the hemp hearts, like I never would have thought to put those in Milo's smoothies. And now I like load it in all the time or I'll sprinkle some just on if he has a yogurt, like put it in, like, why not? It's just like extra nutrition. Sandwich on a salad, put that shit on everything. Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And something that I often think about when it comes to like, you know, vegan diet or eating more plants, it's not necessarily that everyone has to be 100% vegan. Like, yeah, that would be ideal, but that's not what the world is right now. But it's like, look at how much animal product you're eating in a day and like how easily that could be switched out. Because, you know, if you're having like butter and then you're having eggs and then you're having a yogurt and then you're having a meat sandwich for lunch and then you're having like you can easily eliminate some of those things and just make a big change in your diet without even that much effort. You just have to be thinking about it. Sure. Like order an oat milk latte instead of a regular latte, things like that. So I wanted to just kind of give people an idea of the things that are in this PDF or this three-day meal plan. So let's do one breakfast, a snack, a lunch and a dinner. So what would you say are your favorites from these three days? So I think for like an everyday breakfast, oatmeal bowls are kind of a go-to for us because they're easy, they're fast. Do you throw them in the microwave? I don't. I usually make it stovetop, but you could totally make it microwave. I usually make it stovetop because I'm usually making it for more than one of us. So I just like make a big pot of it, right? And I'll just make it for everyone. And I like oatmeal bowls as well because like I'll throw fruit on top or throw some fruit right in it. Like blueberries is the example in here, but also hemp hearts, chia seeds, ground flax, and just stir them right in. The kids don't even know they're there. Sometimes I'll sprinkle them on top and be like, oh, there are sprinkles on your oatmeal, (laughs) (laughs) which is so exciting. But yeah, so it's a great way to, oatmeal is great for you. It's full of fiber. It keeps you full. And I usually use it with pea milk. There's some extra protein in there, but you can add other things to it and you can make it for everyone's different tastes. So like my four-year-old doesn't want his berries stirred in with his oatmeal. So I'll serve his on the side, but I can make my bowl the way I want to make it. So it's something easy, quick and filling that I can make and make to everyone's tastes really easy. It's not a bunch of different breakfasts. Another thing with the hemp hearts and the chia seeds, just while I think about it, I put those in pancake mixes as well. It's like, it's just extra nutrition. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. It's like fiber, protein, so many good, it's just like goodness that you're adding to something that you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Snack. So we do a lot of smoothies like you. I put two examples of ones that we do. One that's a green smoothie. And one that's a date almond smoothie that also has greens in it. And I use baby latte the same way you do. And I in the smoothie because it's awesome. It's plant-based. The ingredient deck is great. And it's just extra nutrients that you're tossing in their smoothie, which is awesome. I mean, the baby, I put it right in his bottle. Here you go. And it's just, just that. Like, that's all the effort I have today. Um, which is, I love yeah, it's great. Yeah, I like it myself too, because it's so good. And then otherwise, the snacks is like rice cakes are a great, or rice crackers, whatever, are a great base for other things that are packed with nutrients too. Like 
throw some nut butter on there, sprinkle some hemp hearts on top, you know, some cashew cheese or some hummus or whatever. They're a great base and you can make them into all kinds of snacks that are different each day. What blender do you use for your smoothies? I have a Vitamix and I've had it for like since before we were married. So I've had it for like seven years. It's, and it still runs great. I love it. I use it every single day and it's still kicking. Nice. And it's so good. Like you can put a bunch of stuff for a soup in it and it heats it up and it's just soup in a blender. It's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, that's nice. I have to invest in one of those because like the texture of your smoothie makes a huge difference for me anyways in how much I'm going to enjoy it. Like when I get one at like a professional smoothie place, I'm like, wow, the texture is amazing. And then sometimes like I make Milo smoothies and I pack it with nutrients and sometimes I can't even drink it because like the texture and I just don't love it, but he'll suck it down and I'm like, oh, well, whatever. (laughs) But I need a good, good blender. Especially after you tried to make cheese sauce in your food. (laughs) I like wanted to send you a blender. Like someone give this woman a proper blender is so bad. I actually talked to your sister-in-law on Instagram and we're like talking, what is happening over there with this cheese sauce? Oh my God. Yeah. You guys would enjoy talking about me. (laughs) I mean... In the nicest way possible, we're like, how do we help her fix yeah. Oh, good Lord. And it's so funny because I was like, I'm going to try Heather's recipe, did to do. And you're probably like, oh, fuck, like, don't advertise this. <laughs> I woke up panicking and I'm like, oh my God, is there something wrong with my recipe? And I made the recipe at eight, in the, eight o'clock in the morning, like a case of cheese sauce because I was panicking that I wrote something down wrong in the recipe. I'm like, I need to make this and make sure it's okay. Okay, before... Next time I try one of your recipes and I'm like storying about it, I'll put a disclaimer before. Like the making of this recipe has nothing to do with Heather and her recipes. She's not associated with the making of this recipe. Oh my God. Okay. So out of these lunches, oh, I know which is my favorite. Yeah. I mean, the chickpea tuna sandwich. And I actually didn't have that on here at first. Because for lunches, I almost always serve leftovers. Like I, all my recipes on my blog for dinners are for like way too many people because I like to have leftovers for the next day because it makes the next day so much easier. Um, but I wanted to include options. Like I felt like kind of a cop out being like, eat leftovers every day. <laughs> but yeah, the chickpea tuna sandwich is definitely my favorite. It's so, so easy. And a hot tip for that is use a mixer to mix it. I think a handheld mixer would probably work the same, but it mashes the chickpeas up without like giving you an intense arm workout trying to smack the fork. Okay, dinner. Let's see. Chickpea tacos, chickpea pasta. Oh, I saw this one that you just posted the other day, the brown rice with crispy tofu. Like yum. That one we make every week and I just switch up the base. Like sometimes we'll have rice, sometimes we'll have quinoa, sometimes we'll have like chow mein noodles or rice noodles or whatever. And I make crispy tofu cubes, which take like 20 minutes in the oven. They're super easy to make. Do you press down your tofu before you cook with it? I do, but I never remember to like do it very far in advance. I usually just do it for like 10 or 15 minutes while I'm getting things ready and then pop it up. Okay. And that's to get all the water out, right? Yeah. You just get some of the moisture out so that it'll absorb more of the flavor of what you're putting in it. Because tofu doesn't really have much flavor. It kind of just absorbs the flavor of whatever you're cooking it in. 
So you just press some of the moisture out so it can absorb some of whatever sauce you're using and stuff like that. Hmm. Alrighty. Yeah. So definitely you guys need to go check out this PDF and you need to print it in color. I'm just going to say that right now because it's so pretty. I would like, I wanted to laminate it. I was like, <laughs> should I take this to Staples and laminate it? <laughs> uh, and okay. So another thing about the PDF, just so that you guys know, is that she has pictures of each like meal or each recipe on here for like mama version what it looks like when she feeds her toddler. So like the toddler version and then the baby version, which like, that's so perfect. So just like how you can make one recipe work for your whole family. Yeah. And present it in different ways so that hopefully they eat it. Yeah. Cause that's a struggle too. It's like, it's nice to have like a pretty meal that I've taken a picture of, but like, how do you make that actually work? Yeah. So what are your top three favorite products or like items in the kitchen that you have? Let's say ingredients, like top three that you say you use all the time and that you love or that has like, you know, high nutritional value. So chickpea pasta, we've talked about a lot. I always have it in the pantry, like chickpea pasta and a like good marinara sauce plus nutritional yeast is just like a three ingredient complete meal that the whole family likes. I usually will serve it with a veggie on the side, like broccoli or something. I really like the Mima seven ingredient marinara because it has all the ingredients in it. If I was to make my own pasta sauce, that's what the ingredients are, but I don't have to make it myself. (laughs) That's the one that I usually go for. And the chickpea pasta where the only ingredients are chickpea and lentil flour, like amazing. You can't ask for anything more. Sprinkle some nutritional yeast on top for the extra B vitamins. I bought a big thing of nutritional yeast. I need to put it on the counter so that I remember to just like toss it on everything. Like, yeah. yeah. The Mima sauce is another thing that I stole from you that I buy all the time now. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I like it because it's like, you're doing the work for me, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't want to go and read all the ingredients of every freaking jar of sauce. So I like that. And now I'm like, oh, this is great. Like... Yeah. All right. So lastly, do you have any fun projects in the works or like, what do you plan on doing with your blog and veganish mama? Like, where do you see that going? Do you have any hopes and dreams? (laughs) (laughs) Like pretty much just making it through the day every day. (laughs) Reach for the stars. (laughs) But I've started to get more into food photography because I do like taking pretty pictures of what I'm eating. So I started to get more into food photography. And now that the baby's a little bit older, it's easier for me to do that. Because before, like, if you look back on my Instagram, you'll see some of my pictures were like, not, it's like, this is what we're eating. It was not like a style at all. It was not like nice to look at, but I just wanted to still share. So I think that you'll see more like styled photos, but something that I do want to include with all of them is how I'm serving it to my kids and how I'm making it work. Cause I think it's one thing to like follow really great food bloggers and have all these ideas for delicious recipes that you want to make. But like, how do you make that work in real life? How do you serve a picky four-year-old and we did baby led weaning? Like, how do you make it work for someone who's just learning how to eat and who doesn't have teeth? <laughs> so, yeah. You'll see more of that. Hopefully. Do you take your photos with a camera or with your phone? With a camera. Oh, okay. 
I have a professional camera. Wow. Yeah. She means business. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where can people find you? What is your Instagram and your website or anywhere else that you live online? I'm Veganish Mama on Instagram and veganishmama.com is my blog. I have a Facebook, but like you, I have no idea how to work it. I don't think my Instagram is connected properly. I noticed the other day that I like posted a Facebook story and I'm not even sure how that yeah. happened. Yeah. So don't find me there. I don't Facebook and university because I was like, no one needs to see these past four years of me ever again. <laughs> and, I deleted, and now I just don't know how to use it. I left Facebook for a while. Like I still have my account where... Because like when Facebook started, it was like, you know, I kept in contact with all my family and like close friends. And that's just kind of what it was. And then I stopped using it for a long time. So I still have that account. But like now to try and connect it to Instagram, like for the mom room, like I'm just I'm so lost. I'm like, what happened to Facebook in the last couple years that I just haven't been on it? It's like a completely different platform. Because I have like a creator account on Instagram, it's like they want you to have a Facebook business account. And I'm like, who do I call? Like, is there a Facebook professional, like, you know, help desk that someone can just come and set up all my stuff? Like, I, I don't know. I need to hire someone to help. <laughs> exactly. I need to find the who can connect my Facebook to my Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, Thank you so much for talking with me today. This was so fun. Obviously, I'm going to have a cute little promo video that I'm going to tag you in. But yeah, everyone listening, when this episode comes out, go to Heather's Instagram, follow her and download this PDF because it's so cute. And then tag us. If you make these meals, tag us in them because I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. <laughs> well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship yeah, topics. like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us come out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. Ha <laughs> ha